Hello and welcome to Son of a Big Games. My name is Chris. As always, I am your host. Joining me today is V. V, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Hi, how are you, Chris? I'm doing wonderful. So uh, why don't you tell everybody a bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, so obviously I would be uh, on Twitter, Lady V, um, and I just tweet a lot about random video games that I like. Unfortunately, I don't work anywhere near the video game industry. I'm actually in the drinks industry, but um, I do enjoy uh, interfacing with people on Twitter and just, you know, playing loads of games. So. Yeah. Hey, no worries. Uh, you don't have to work in the industry. I'm happy to chat games. That's what I'm here for. I'm looking, you know, new friends and all that. Yay. So um, our topic today, I thought it'd be fun to talk about the Microsoft massive FTC debacle, as we'll call it. Yeah. And talk about all the things that were leaked, what we think about it, what we're excited about. Um, things, you know, if we think all this stuff is even happening anymore, because this stuff's from like 2020, apparently. Yeah, I think some of it, some of it. but uh, Oh, some of it for sure. Um, yeah. I think some of the things that I was most excited for probably aren't actually happening, which is unfortunate. But um, so let's just uh, go through it. So this was a full slideshow that was like a powerpoint presentation that got uploaded to the ftc servers apparently or to the court servers in california and whoever did this probably lost their job oh 100 percent. there's no way you get away with that amount of lax and cyber security without without losing your job unfortunate as it was probably an intern or something but yeah they definitely no employed anymore <laughs> oh for sure it looks like looking at this Okay, so it was from March 2nd of 22 is when this leak is from. Okay, yeah, so I mean, relatively recent in terms of like strategic documents. Yeah, um, I know Phil Spencer came out and said like, you know, all not all of this is happening anymore. Some of it is old news. Um, but I feel like there is a lot here that they did not want to leak that is absolutely going to happen. Um, so like... The very first thing, it's not very interesting, really. It's just them saying, they're, why are they roadmapping to 2030? Because this whole point was this is their plan for the next seven years. Wait. And uh, really, I mean, it gets interesting to me, like the third slide in. It's interesting to me, first off, because they decided that half that slide should just be a nice picture of Master Chief. Yes. And I'm like, okay, cool, but you guys know that Halo has not been selling well for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. I think obviously you've got your your corporate branding, so this is clearly for senior stakeholders. Or yeah, but I feel like I feel like Master Chief like hasn't really been considered like the Xbox mascot in a long time. No, definitely no. I don't know who at Microsoft was supposed to see this. So potentially. It's maybe people who are not as connected to gaming and they're like... Maybe, because oh, I, I, if I think about it, like out of their first party lineup, I, I would feel like Gears is more relevant now than Halo is. Yeah, I think it definitely looked on more fondly. I mean, I really enjoyed Infinite, but uh, 4 and 5 were a bit of a mess. No, I enjoyed the uh, campaign for Infinite for what it was. Um, the multiplayer was kind of a mess, but that's just due to the landscape of gaming right now with microtransactions and season passes and everything has to have all of your attention all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's why I don't play Destiny 2 anymore. I just I don't have the time to sink into it. No, definitely no. I think it's, you know, just seeing games as a service take off and then very quickly seem to drop off as well. You know, you're never going to capture that market that other games already have. And that's the thing, right? I mean, there's only so much time in a day. You can only play so much. We all have jobs. We all have lives. 
and like the only way for live for live service games you pretty much have to pick one you can't play more than one you will never have enough time to do everything in every single one of them so like for years destiny 2 was my game of choice and then i was like yeah i i, I like i'm the type of gamer where i like playing the new shiny game i don't like sticking to one thing for years so like i would find myself going back to destiny every time they had content updates but whenever it was you know oh do i want to play destiny today or do i want to play like payday 3 just came out i want to go play payday 3 like it's brand new i want to go do that but um sadly i feel like we're stuck we're stuck with live service games they're going to keep being a thing because they make a crap ton of money Oh yeah, I, for every for every Avengers, you're always going to have things like a Destiny and stuff like that. They're never going to stop making them until the too many of them fail. I liked Avengers. Okay, it wasn't that bad. I personally didn't play. I'm not. I've. I don't think I've ever played like any proper live service games. I'm about like I need to play new things, and I just don't have time. <laughs> so Avengers, uh, the campaign was solid. It was actually really good, and then the multiplayer stuff after the campaign. It got samey. A lot of it was like, run through this mission, fight some bad guys, fight a boss maybe, and get some loot that doesn't... My problem with it was you have loot that increased your stats, but they didn't change how you looked because they were selling you skins in the marketplace. Yeah. And I was like, I wanted like a Spider-Man with like a cybernetic eye or something. Like, give me, like let me have cool things. And they're like, no, we, we want you to pay 20 bucks for an MCU Spider-Man outfit. And I was like, I'm good. Yeah. But, uh, so... This first uh, slide, so it kind of lays out where they're at with their business, the way they're thinking about things, and I think it's really interesting, actually. So we know from, like, what, if you're watching Xbox and you're watching Phil Spencer and, like, what they're building towards, it's obvious that they're building towards cloud gaming, and that is what they're focused on, and that is what they think the future is going to be. So the very first thing they put in this surprised me, which is console business is the foundation of their business. I was like, oh, you guys still care about that. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it is a bit un, like of an antithesis as to their entire marketing strategy. But I suppose, you know, realistically, not everyone's going to have good enough internet, even in 2030, no. for everything to be on the cloud. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised that it was the first thing on the first slide you know we're still we have consoles like i've used cloud game like xcloud a couple times um i tend to go on my xbox and i'll check my game pass you know challenges for the week to get my points because i like gift cards and there's always one every week that's just oh give five points just for playing the game but it's always some little game i don't give a crap about i'm never gonna play it again so i just cloud stream it for five seconds yeah just to get one pop <laughs> the issue is I have like I pay for gigabit internet, and I still will get on XCloud because their servers are the problem. It'll be like, oh, we're experiencing really long wait times. It doesn't even tell me how long. It just says really long wait times. Yeah, and I'm like that helps nobody. And I just closed it out. I was like, I'll get that later. And I went on to do something else because I wasn't going to sit there staring at the rocket ship flying across the screen for an hour waiting to play a game I didn't care about just for five points. Oh yeah, I think it's definitely gotten worse. Uh, I do think maybe a lot of people. Have been playing Starfield. Uh, by That's Xbox. absolutely what it is, if I had to guess. Yeah, I use it quite a lot, actually. I'm really bad for setting up a game of Slay the Spire when I'm in the pub. Um, uh, just because you can stream it, you don't even need a controller. Um, there you but go. I have, I have noticed that uh, like my wait times have went up significantly since Starfield came out. Yeah, 
It was like night and day. I just want to play Slay the Spire. Come on. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's my issue like with Windows. Like, I, I'm still on Windows 10. I haven't upgraded yet. But like the Xbox app, you but the Xbox One generation, you had the Xbox Companion app and you could stream your Xbox straight to Windows. And I'm like, this is awesome. And then they got rid of it for the series consoles. They no longer let you do that. And I was like, why? I miss that. And they're like, well, we have xCloud now. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't let me stream whatever game I own on xCloud. You make me only stream Game Pass games. And I'm like, that's not great. Yeah, that remote play, uh, the aspect that they've removed on that is quite strange to me, especially considering Sony are going all in on it with their portable and things. So I don't even want to get started on that portable. <laughs> I'm not I'm not happy about it. <laughs> but yeah, I think remote play should definitely be a thing. We can, we can maybe talk about the portable in a little bit. Yeah. That might be relevant, actually. <laughs> um, so... Underneath them saying it's their foundation, they say consoles are considered a as a key health meter for their brand and will continue to drive the majority of the revenue and subscribers. So apparently they are well aware that the majority of their people want consoles and they're not going to be happy with like a little fire stick plugged into their TV or something. Um, after that, they said new this. This is interesting. I think I'm going to read between the lines here a little bit. So it says new endpoints are the path to 100 million members. Unlocking new off-console endpoints and improving the experience will substantially grow subscribers over the next eight years. Obviously, like looking at that face value, they're talking about the cloud. Yeah. Not face value. They're talking about mobile games. Oh, 100%. If this was if this was made as a almost like a stakeholder engagement thing for the Activision yeah. Blizzard merger, they're like, I don't care if it's on if it's on XCloud. We want 100 million people playing Candy Crush via Game Pass. Well, that's <laughs> the thing, right? And that was what I found interesting about, you know, as a as hardcore gamers, like we're all like, oh my God, Activision Blizzard, we're going to get World of Warcraft and Diablo and Call of Duty and all these big games where Microsoft is looking at going, guys, we're paying, what, six six billion or $68 billion or whatever it was. And they're like, guys, we're not paying that for Call of Duty. We're paying that because we want that king money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone talks about Activision Blizzard. No one ever talked King. King makes so much money. <laughs> oh, I know. My, I, like, my uh, dad's wife used to play so much Candy Crush. It was absurd. My my mom plays Candy Crush. She ha- She's at, like, level, like, 1700 or some crap. And I'm like, why? And she's like, yeah. it's just so fun. And I'm like, it's not, but okay. <laughs> yeah, you can just play Bejeweled, you know? Like, yeah. you, you could play something that doesn't suck all of the money out of you. <laughs> like, I mean, to her credit, she got that far and she doesn't give the money. So like, she's just, she's, you know, she's 65 years old right now and she sits on her, she gets home from work and she picks up her iPad and she just plays Candy Crush. Well, if it can't, if it makes her happy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is actually interesting that with this leak was a um, new controller for yeah. the Xbox. It's a, it has a bunch of features, which we will go over, but the idea of it is it apparently d- has tech in the controller to connect you to the cloud so you can play any on any device with that controller and it can pull the games up for you and i'm like that's really cool yay depending on the price because controllers are already too expensive i'm confused as to how that's going to work to be honest i mean i would assume that they're being fancy with it and it's likely just oh hey anything with bluetooth you could have to be a bluetooth and you have like an xbox app you have to download obviously yeah. and like it'll just work like normal but like they're trying to be fancy to impress their shareholders yeah because you have to keep in mind this whole thing was not for us to see 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I've seen some strange takes on Twitter. Of course, there's it's Twitter. There's always strange. Oh yeah. About how this is, you know, intentional. It's like no business in the world would ever intentionally their corporate strategy for no, never, never ever. <laughs> Phil Spencer and Sarah Bond landed in Japan and were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they were like, "Oh, we have to go to the Tokyo Game Show and." Our entire business strategies on the internet. <laughs> yeah, um, their fourth their uh, fourth point on this is that personalization and customization continue as a hardware strategic advantage and key profit driver and customer delighter. I assume that's all about the Xbox Design Lab, which I think it's really cool. Yeah, I I did I never bought anything from them because I was like, give me an Elite controller and I'll do it. And then they were like, hey, guys, here's Elite controllers. But now I'm like, give me a, like, I'm waiting because I feel like they're going to announce a Series 3 Elite eventually. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll wait. It's fine. I am i can't. I have absolutely no impulse control. I have like three customized controllers from the design lab. Okay. It's a problem. The last one was an Elite, uh, but the, the Lies of P. Like the okay. They specific- so you, you just bought that, that they just announced? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He posted it, and I was like, "I don't need this." And then but you bought it anyway. Our brain was like, "Yes, you do. We actually do need this." Like, <laughs> uh, see, I have an Elite Two from when they came out, and the top LBRB bumpers do not work. Yeah, I had to use two of my triggers underneath to be my shoulder buttons now. Yeah, the left analog stick has really bad drift at this point. And I'm like, this is garbage. And they're like, yeah, we'll fix it for like 70 bucks. And I was like, I'll just buy a new one. Yeah. Yeah. You can, because you can buy the Elite Series 2 core controller that doesn't come with the paddles for like 120 US. And it's like, okay, I'll do that because I already have the paddles. I don't need to spend 200 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and it comes in cooler colors. I can get like a red one and blue one or a white one. I'm like, that's better than black. Yeah. My, my first Elite 2. Was the the Master Chief one that they announced? Again, I have absolutely no self control. <laughs> so as soon as we're like, there's a Master Chief Elite controller. I was like, I, I require that in my life. Um, but it, just straight up, you need. I it. need it. But the B button on that is um is pretty janky. So I had to remap that for Elden Ring onto one of the back paddles. Yeah. I mean, they're nice to have, and I like the way that the Elite feels because like I like the weight to it, and it just feels more premium. But like. Everyone I talk to is just like the build quality is just shit. Yeah, for the price, especially like it's yeah, you're paying two hundred dollars and it's like oh no, it doesn't work. Sorry. Yeah, and, and again, as you see, seventy seventy quid to get it fixed. We're like no, just make it better. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, the order that these were posted, I actually played with them a little bit in our docket here because the. There's three slides that explain what currently they offer, what they are, what they offer now, and what they're planning on offering as far as hardware goes. I thought those should all be like side by side. I thought that made way more sense. Yeah. So Xbox gaming, as of when the series consoles came out, what, three years ago now? Because, you know, it's apparently, we're apparently going into halfway through the generation already and it does not feel like it. No, it's been a weird generation. It definitely has. Um, but at the time, they had low-end, mid-end PCs. They had the consoles. They had high-end PCs. And then the design for Xbox is what they call is the branding they put on all their accessories. Okay. You had the Xbox headset, you had a core controller, and you had the Elite controller. Simple enough. 
Then they turned around and today, as of to, as of not today, but like you know, last yeah. last uh, May, it was browser because cloud, mobile because of cloud, smart TVs because of cloud, low end mid PCs probably also because of cloud, um, third party streaming sticks and set top boxes cloud. Yeah, uh, a cloud device. I don't know what the hell that is supposed to be. It's, it looks like an Xbox. Like, it looks like a little square Xbox, but, like, I don't think that's a thing. Not that no, I recall, anyway. I don't think it ever got released. I remember, um, like, I think it was Jeff Grubb on Twitter talking about it consistently, saying it was going to get released really soon, and it's still not here. <laughs> and as you say... Yeah, um, I actually just saw his take, and he said, uh, yeah, that's that streaming puck that we talked about is dead. They're just going straight to, like, smart TV apps. And I'm like, well, that makes more sense anyway. Like, we yeah. live in a world where you can have Netflix on your TV. Like, just give me the Xbox app on my TV. It's fine. Yeah, I'm not plugging in. I don't have enough HDMI ports on my television for all... <laughs> no, never. ...connected anyway. Uh, then you have the Series S, Series X, high-end PCs, and then Cloud Blades, which is just their server farm. They're just giving it a fancy name like idiots. <laughs> um, designed for Xbox, you still just have the headset, the core, and the Elite controllers. But now they're being like, oh, we have sustainability and accessibility stuff. But they don't talk about like that controller, the accessibility controller that they made is not on this slide. But I know that's what they're talking about. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, good for you. Like, I guess your shareholders care about that. Like, okay. And then you'll have targets. They'll definitely, especially sustainability. Oh, big business. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're all about right now saying like, oh, everything's in recyclable packaging and everything's you know recycled. And I'm like, cool. Like, yeah. I guess you get a tax break for that. I don't know. Astounding <laughs> to me that they were shipping things out that weren't in recycled cardboards. I mean, it's just cardboard. Why do everything not be already? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the interesting slide in all this is the final one, which is Xbox Gaming Beyond oh. May of last year. So the only thing that's different from the last slide is that this one has a handheld on it, which is super interesting. Yeah. Consoles, it shows a revised Series X and S, which we can only assume are the slim models. Yeah. Whenever you took a look at this, did you know, like... What do you think about the Series X being a circle now? <laughs> I I I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Uh, my, yeah, you like the rectangle? Well, my my is sideways because it's the only way it'll fit underneath in my cabinet, uh, underneath my television. And I'm like, how am I supposed to put it sideways if it's a, a cylinder? Like, presumably they'll come with a stand a bit like the PS5. But I'm like, you have to stop making things look like Amazon Alexas. And actually, just make them fit in people's rooms. Like I don't. That's a good point. Um, I was listening to Kind of Funny talk about this actually, and uh, they were saying for the X, the thing is we haven't seen the back of it. Yeah. All all the slides just show it from a front view. So the back could it could be rounded at the front and then kind of just have a rectangle protruding out the back of it. And if it did, you could lay it down. Yeah. Um, we don't really know. We won't know till they announce it. Who knows if it even looks like that anymore? Yeah. I suppose that takes away from one of the points they've made though about the USB C at the front being easier for recharging if I need to put it face up <laughs> in my TV cabinet. And so I can't plug anything in. Like <laughs> you know. I mean, obviously the answer here is you have to get a different cabinet. That's yeah. all. <laughs> it's a IKEA trip. I have to I have to just rejig my whole living room for new Xbox. That must be done. Like <laughs> Hey, there's there's nothing wrong with an IKEA trip. We all <laughs> love IKEA. 
Um, the other interesting thing here is we actually see a lot more accessories that they're planning, which is a one-handed Xbox controller that looks like a remote control. Um, not quite sure how that would work, but I guess it's cool for if somebody needs one hand to play a game. Uh, a mobile controller that I guess they want to get in on the uh, backbone yeah. uh, race, I guess. <laughs> I don't I don't use any mobile controllers, so I, I'm not really the market for that, I guess. I've got a Razer, Razer Kishi for mine, uh, for my phone. Yeah, I, I bought one as well. I have one. Yeah. Uh, the problem is I, I have a Samsung Galaxy S22, and my 21 and my 22 are both have the same problem, which is my USB port in the bottom of my phone does not work. Oh, that's not ideal. Like, so I can only charge my phone via wireless. I, I plug in the, the Razer, I, I Razer Kishi, and it does not register whatsoever. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I just don't use it. <laughs> Hey. Um, and then they uh, announced that they were working on a gaming keyboard and mouse, apparently, with removable buttons that they were planning on launching so Xbox users can play via keyboard and mouse if they want to. Yeah. We were the big push into PC Game Pass, but also I think they've added, um, they've added mouse and keyboard controls to a lot of console games recently. Yeah, you're seeing more of it. You're also seeing a lot of people kind of push back on it because like, they're like, well keyboard and mouse obviously versus a controller like keyboard and mouse wins pretty much every time yeah. i mean unless you jack up aim control or aim aim assist way back like way up but then people complain about that so it's like you can't really win no i think the biggest it was much higher barrier to entry i think for keyboard and mouse uh learning it um obviously you know in terms of controller it's really easy to just pick up and go but I play some things with keyboard and mouse, but certainly nothing that I have to be using like a WSD for the movement because my brain just can't do it. I've been playing with a controller for too long. Like, <laughs> I just prefer controller just because it's more comfortable. I like to sit back in my chair and just kind of yeah. chill and just play. Um, So the next uh, slide in this leak is talking about their vision for the future of Xbox, which is cohesive hybrid computing. Um, it's a fancy way of saying they're going to use AI for things. Yep. Yep. Like everyone else on the planet is going to. Yeah. Um, the biggest, like, interesting thing I found in this slide was they're planning on get, uh, doing better or more intensive ray tracing, global illumination, all that fun stuff, which now that's like the... NVIDIA 4090s are out and we have path tracing instead of ray tracing. Like path tracing is much more intensive, but it looks a lot better. Yeah. But I feel like we're never going to see that on consoles. Not not in a long time anyway, because consoles are always like two generations behind on the graphics department compared to what a, P- a high-end PC can do. Um, but the other thing was the, the very final thing. It says thin OS. Um, so they were saying that they are saying uh, at the time they were lacking a thin OS for under $99 consumer or handheld devices. So that sounds to me like they're trying to make basically Windows, but kind of pare it down as far as they can to make it work on a little handheld, which would make sense. Yeah. Um, I was also wondering if that was maybe a new... So like the the is it the Dell thin OS that they have, which is essentially like almost like a little router. Yeah, it that could be. Well, connects back to the server. I was wondering if that was their new setup top setup box thing. Um, yeah, it, that that would make sense. You know, as opposed to if they're trying to make sure that 
you it's not necessarily streaming like things are installed on it but a lot of the processing power comes from the cloud to try and uh, get rid of a lot of the lag and the the issues that the cloud streaming has like you've never been able to connect <laughs> like, like I, I i will never play a multiplayer game on, on the cloud like well, ever the only I, I play gta online on the cloud occasionally yeah. and it, it works fine but like if it was something i care about frame rate like if it's like call of duty or anything like that when that stuff's on game pass like i would never stream it i would want to play it on my console or on my pc yeah yeah so um Next thing is a the next slide. It says uh, key technological enablers for this vision, and they talk about the three things that like really matter for them to do what they want to do in the next seven years. Um, so they want that cohesive hybrid computing that we just talked about. They want AI and machine learning enable enablement, which it says optimization and acceleration of game performance, operations, and development for players and creators. So they. They apparently want AI and machine learning to help the Xbox run better, but also to help developers create their games like faster. Yeah. Which, I mean, granted, AI and machine learning could bring the cost of, of creating video games way down. And that would be nice because games cost too much to make. Yeah, and, you know, we've just seen massive development cycles. Development cycles are just getting longer and longer. Yeah. And I think people have readjusted their expectations for that. No, so I mean, get- we're... <laughs> we went from back in the day, what, like two, three years was the average turnaround, and now you're seeing five years, and that depends on the game, of course, because we're seeing, uh, you know, GTA, everyone likes to point their finger and go, you know, it's been a decade since Where? GTA V first launched. But in, in their defense, I mean, they did give us Red Dead Redemption 2 after that, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that game was that game was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. and then incredibly detailed. There's all to be a balance. You can't just have everything really quickly <laughs> but i mean i admit i i get very like i just get very impatient and it's mostly because these companies like to have their little e3 summertime press conferences and they announce shit like eight years ahead of time and then you get mad about it because you don't see it forever yeah so like for me it's like fable like microsoft announced fable and i was like i want fable and they're like yeah we're not gonna talk about it again and i was like you can't give it this. to me like you announced it I did prefer the old Bethesda way of doing things, like like Fallout Four. Yeah. Like, hey, here's the thing; it's out in three months. <laughs> yeah, you get excited for the next three months, and then there you go. Yeah, it's on your absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this last point actually really interests me. Uh, it says creator platform. The icon they chose to use is a person sitting sitting in front of a laptop, and it shows the uh, you know universal symbol for coding, and it says open an extensible game and immersive app development platform. So that, that makes it sound to me like they're trying to essentially create, I don't want to say an engine, but a a platform that anybody could be on to make apps and games for Xbox. Yeah. I mean, I for one, I love the little icons because they're just straight out of Microsoft PowerPoint icons. You know, it's like, obviously, it's Microsoft is the company, but as someone who's yeah. definitely used the, the clouds to computer one in a presentation at work, I just thought that was really funny. It's like they've got all this branding, but someone's just went into the Microsoft package and just picked out the three little icons that they want. Uh, but I think, yeah, that that creator platform one, it makes me think a little bit of like how they have power apps for Windows. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anyone can make their own really simplified app uh, for their own business and things like that. And I 
unsure how you would do that for games, but you know, given some of the some of the conversations at the moment around things like Unity and things like that, it could be it could be massive if they manage to create something that allows game development to be a little bit more accessible. I mean, especially if they undercut Unity for sure, because they're just they're setting their own house on fire at this point. Is anyone surprised by the ex EA CEO being no, no? It just sucks because for a while there, you know, it looked like Unity was going to be like this awesome engine for indies. And now it's like, oh, they want to nickel and dime you. So everyone's going to either jump to like weird indie engines like Godot or, uh, you know, RPG Maker and Game Maker. And, or you'll have people who actually want to go and learn Unreal, which is its whole, a whole different beast. Yeah. But I mean, I think we need more. I think we need more uh, competition in that space. I think it would be good for the industry as a whole. Oh, definitely. So uh, next thing is kind of talking about established progress that they're work or established projects in Microsoft Gaming, which I would assume that means things that they're actually working on. Uh, research and proof of concept stuff that they're trying to get funded. And then one of them is, two of them are gray, which is for future ideations that they would like to do that they have not actually gotten working. Okay. And these are all in the realm of AI and machine learning. Yeah. So for game performance, uh, super resolution, deep neural network, they're basically going to do DLSS like NVIDIA does to uh, you know, render it as a lower res and then bump it up to make it look really good. Right. Um, they're proof of concepting xCloud latency, latency compensation to make it not so buggy. That'd be great. The interesting ones I see is uh, some of these I don't agree with. Like, I don't want them to do it, which is creator F uh, efficiency. They want AI game testing. That sounds to me like it would remove Q QA people from testing games. I don't like that. I don't like anything that's going to make people lose their jobs. No, definitely not. I think uh, for you know, game experiences, AI, I don't know if you played Rain World. Um, it's like a little Metroidvania, but they used procedural animation and then AI to build the whole ecosystem. Okay. But it was based on people's actual, you know, work. And then they just used it to make the game really engaging. Love that. Hate using AI to replace anybody's hard work or anything. No, by all means, use it to augment stuff yeah. and to make it better. Fine. But like, don't wipe people out of the out of the company because you want to try and take AI as a cost cutting measure. Yeah. And I don't see how you would do AI game testing anyway. I mean, even games that are rigorously tested by people still have quite a lot of bugs because you never yeah. know what someone's going to do in their house. How do you train an AI? Yeah, I mean, it would definitely be a uh, undertaking for sure. Yeah. Um, procedural content generation is one they have here. I feel like we already have that. Like, Starfield does it. We have games that do procedural generation. So I'm like, okay. Uh, physics and inverse kinematics, they're just, that's just... They're going to do super intense, realistic physics eventually, which will be cool. Although I kind of like ragdolls when they happen in games. So, you know, I don't want it to be perfect. No. Um, and then the final thing on that for creators is NLP dialogue generation. So that's um, natu uh, natural learning program. So it's like ChatGPT. Yeah. They're going to try and use a learning, a language AI to make dialogue for NPCs on the fly. So you would have games that just can really react to you. Sounds cool. As long as it's not like weird and buggy, 
Was there was there not a like a video at a games conference sometime this year, and someone showed off something similar to that, and it just probably seemed like the most boring conversation in the world. Like I don't mind, you know, having, you know, I loved it in Starfield when Vasco said my name when I because I chose one of the names that he could call you. That was great. That was outstanding. But I don't need to have real conversations with people in video games. Uh, no, I much prefer like curated dialogue that will push on the experience. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Although it's really fun to make a character and name him like Fuckface, and then <laughs> go into Starfield because he'll call you that. So he'll he'll call you Captain Fuckface. Yeah, I love that. Todd Howard was like, someone's going to do this, and they're not going to think he's going to see it. Like, <laughs> I love it. It's great. Um. Their player services, they've already done all these, which is safety and toxicity. They've been all over the media saying, like, we're, you know, now you can record Xbox, like, uh, voice chat and you can turn that in to show people who were harassing you and you can, you know, all these things to protect people. And I'm like, okay, cool. As long as it's, uh, I will say, Xbox, their customer service as far as reporting and banning people and suspending accounts is not 100%. Yeah, they, well, they did the the update recently as well, where it was you get strikes. Yeah, which seems to be really badly implemented. <laughs> well, it's it's weird because you get like seven strikes and then you get suspended. Okay, but different things can give you different points to get you up to that seven, which is fine. But I'm like, you need to lay that out. You need to lay out exactly what you can and can't do and how many points it is. Because part of the problem is like, you know, I'm 32 years old. I am not a kid. I am not going to watch my mouth when I'm playing games. No. And that's one of the things they're like, oh, well, we're trying to stop you from like swearing. Good luck. I'm I'm Scottish. We swear all the time. I call my friends horrendous things and that's endearment. Like, And that's it, right? And like, um, I remember I got banned for three days a couple years ago because I was playing Ark Survival Evolved, which I do not recommend. <laughs> um. And I was playing PvP and these little shit, like, 15-year-old kids that were playing together were being little pricks. And I messaged them over Xbox message. And I was like, you know, yo, like, you know, we had the spot first. Stop trying to bully us out of here, blah, blah, blah. And they're, like, being jerks. And I was like, like, I'm not being an asshole about this. Well, because I called myself an asshole, they reported that message and got me banned for three days. That is... Even though I didn't call them an asshole. I called myself an asshole. yeah. And they were like, and and I tried to appeal it, and they were like, "No, you swore." And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, uh, really. Is yeah, that well, that's absurd. That there has to be better moderation. And well, that's the thing. I'm like, if you want to do this, you have to do it right. Yeah, and I don't think moving to again AI doing stuff like that is going to be helpful. You need to have a person that looks over these and sees if it's reasonable or not. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, on to the fun thing, which is the two new Xbox refreshes that are going to be coming out probably next holiday, if I had to guess. Again. Uh, so we have the first one. It's called Project Brooklyn, spelled like a person's name, not like the city. Um, it does a Series X refresh. It says it will deliver 4K Gen 9 console gaming with in- more internal storage, faster Wi-Fi, reduced power use, and more. Uh, more immersive controller, a beautiful redesign that elevates the all-digital experience of the Xbox ecosystem. Um... So it's round, as we said. It's a cylinder. It's not fitting in my IKEA cabinet. <laughs> um, so it says beautiful and innovative new design. I don't know what's innovative about it, but okay, it looks like a elongated Alexa, like okay. you said. 
Uh, more internal storage, two terabytes internal. Cool. Um, that's great because I have a one terabyte Xbox Series X and I have a one terabyte Seagate memory card I plugged into the back of it and I'm still full up. So I need more storage. Yep. Same, same. I've got, I think, 100 and it's full all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. I constantly have to delete stuff. Yeah. Uh, USB C front port with power delivery for charging. Um, same great price, $499. I don't like that. Every single slim model we've ever had ever has been a price drop. And this one, they're like, nope, 500 bucks. Yeah, I don't agree with if you're going to remove the disk drive, then it should be the same as a one with a disk drive in it. Obviously, there's more internal memory, but you know there has to be a value proposition somewhere for the consumer. I feel like all they had to do was say 350 and everyone would have been like, or 450 and people would have been like, all right, cool. Like $50 off and it's a redesign and we get more storage? Cool, we'll take it. But as it stands, they're like, hey, here's this great thing, same price. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. Yeah, and yeah, and you're losing a feature. Unless like, you're going to let me trade in my Series X for that, like just one for one, no more money given to you. Like, I'm not interested. <laughs> no, and I mean, most of the games that I do own are digital, but there is something really nice about picking up like an Xbox 360 disc and putting it into the Series X and it just playing. Um, yeah. With the games that are there. So you're going to take that away from me, but charge me the same amount of money to do it. Yeah, and you know what they'll do after that? They'll say, oh, well, we have that USB-C uh, port on the front with power delivery. How about you buy a disk drive for 100 bucks? Yeah, that's very, that's very um, Xbox 360 where you had to buy a specific thing to play DVDs. Yeah, it was the HD DVD, which that's yeah. not even a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, definitely back the wrong horse on that one. <laughs> I mean, Blu-rays won, but even Blu-rays are dying. Ooh. It's all streaming. I split other week since why it's digital. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I know that you have like people who are like all about that, like they want their discs and they want physical media. But I'm like these days, you buy a, a disc. What do you do? You pop it into your Xbox. It downloads the whole thing onto the console anyway. Yeah. And then you download the patches anyway. So really, you ran to the store and wasted gas for what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think as well with the the fact that they all have data because was there a split shown recently? that 70% of the sales this generation for Xbox or Series S. Yeah. So looking at that, and they're saying, no one cares about discs anymore. And that's we're it. Not gonna, we're not going to waste our money putting a disc drive into something. No, because they're looking at the data, and they have the data, and they're saying, oh, everyone's going digital? Cool. Well, I do think I have the option, but at the same time, it doesn't really bother me. You, know, you can't cater to that hardcore collector niche necessarily. So the nice thing I'm seeing about this is the updated tech, which is um, you're going to have Wi-Fi 6E, which is unfortunate because 7 was just announced. So it's going to be behind on Wi-Fi tech already, but uh, it'll, it should still be faster via Wi-Fi than what we have now. I hardwire everything. I'm, I'm a total nerd. I want max speed. I'm not doing Wi-Fi. No, same. I don't pay for, I pay for like 900 meg internet and I don't want that via Wi-Fi. On my <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, Bluetooth 5.2, so you're going to have uh, better accessory experiences yeah. because it'll have better Bluetooth on it. And then um, reduced power supply use by 15% while it's on, which is cool. Uh, new low power standby mode is cool. 20% of the current standby mode for the Series S, it's going to use 20% of that same power and it'll be in a low power standby mode. So it's going to basically use yeah. nothing when it's turned off cool that's what we like to see um and then one of the things they put oh it's 100 recyclable packaging we get it you guys are yep. all eco-friendly apparently 
So uh, overall, what do you think about the Series X refresh? Are you excited for it at all? Um, again, I think because this uh, this generation's been so weird, it seems strange to me that they're discussing a refresh uh, at the moment. I know it's like in line with all previous generations, like in terms of the the sort of timing of it. But uh, I'm not. I I I like my Series X that I currently have. I don't feel the need for a new one. Um, it performs great. So considering there's no there's no spec changes or anything like that really apart from the Wi-Fi, which as we said we wouldn't necessarily use. Uh, I don't I don't see myself getting one. Um, I'll, I'll probably wait and see when it actually comes out. See what the personalization options are since they're going to do those for consoles. <laughs> Yeah, that that was like the biggest part of this for these new consoles for me was the fact that there is some stuff in here talking about Xbox Design Lab for consoles. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's sweet. Yeah, because I can get I can get a purple I can get a purple Xbox. Yeah, or I or I can get it like in son of a bit colors. Yeah, you get branded. You you have a branded game console, and that's that's what we all want, realistically. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we have the Elwood, which is a Series S refresh. Not as much to talk about here. Uh, it's going to have a terabyte, which they already have the black one that came out that has a terabyte, so it's not all that interesting. Um, same controller that the Series X is going to have, the new immersive controller. Same price, 300 bucks. not getting a price drop either. Um, I feel like 300 bucks for this staying the same, I would have accepted if the Series X dropped a little bit. Yeah. I would have been like, yeah, charge 300 for this, charge 450 for the Series X, we're good. Um... It has the, the same low power standby mode using 20% of the current standby mode power, Wi-Fi 6E, Bluetooth 5.2, all the same stuff. It's just, uh, you know, the Series S if you want that. Yeah. I'm a graphics stop. I have to have the 4K big one. Yeah, I, I got my I got my Series X on day one, so I was like... Yeah, same here. I'm absolutely not going for the lower one, but, you know, I suppose considering the fact it sold really well, lots of people, lots of people are interested in it. I feel like it's, um, I've said before on, uh, when I guessed it on another podcast, which was, I said the Series S is a great second console for somebody. So like if they have a PS5, but they want to dip their toes in Xbox, get a Series S. It's 300 bucks. Yeah. It's also really small. So you, it's a good travel console. You can take it with you places. Yeah. It's absolutely tiny. My friend has one. And when I saw it, I was like, that is, I'm, I'm actually really impressed by it. I'm impressed by what I can do for how absolutely tiny it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just saw on Twitter, uh, Greg Miller posted a picture showing he was on a plane and he's playing Assassin's Creed Mirage because it's out for review. And he took a screenshot of the main screen and he's like, you know, travel plans don't mess up review season or something. And but it was a Series S and he had like the attachable screen on top of it. And I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the new controller that they keep talking about here, which is uh, codenamed Sabil. I guess that's how you would say that. Yeah, I think so. Um, it is the world's best controller now playing on a screen near you. So it's a first thing it says ubiquity, play anywhere. It has Xbox Wireless 2, direct to cloud, and Bluetooth. So sounds to me like, oh, connected to your Xbox, direct to cloud, I assume is their fancy way of saying it works on anything that has the Xbox app. And then it's a Bluetooth. Um, new mobile app features for the mobile app that I, I am assuming they're going to update the app that already exists. They're going to they're going to let you see paired devices and cloud games, and they're going to let you manage devices and accessories from the controller or from the app. So that's cool. 
Um, then we start getting into the interesting things, which is they are kind of adopting some things from the PS5, from the uh, DualSense. Yeah. Which is we're getting haptic feedback, uh-huh. which Phil Spencer said forever ago that he loved haptic feedback on the PS5. Like He's like, that's really cool. We knew they were going to do it eventually. Oh, yeah. So, cool. We get that. Uh, the haptics double as speakers. That I think the way that sounds to me, I think it's like the PS5 controller where it has like a speaker. like It can play sounds out of the controller. It's fine. I mean, it doesn't add anything to the experience for me, but I'm like, it's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, it does seem a bit of a, a, a gimmick. I, I primarily play with a headset on, so okay. realistically, I, I'm not going to hear anything coming out of the controller. Well, like, <laughs> like I was playing Spider-Man on my PS5 the other day, and uh, like when you get phone calls or whenever the podcast for JJ Jameson comes on, it plays through the controller, and I'm like, that's kind of cool, but like, I don't need that. Like, it's it's it, like you said, it's a gimmick. Yeah. I think you have it's what it does to the battery life I think is probably would concern me more than and that's the cool thing about this though it has a rechargeable and swappable battery so you're gonna be able to buy battery packs charge them all up and then just kind of hot swap yeah. as you need cool let's do that because I'm sick of not I'm sick of using batteries I really am yeah I use rechargeable batteries well obviously like my series uh my series 2 elite controller it recharges which is nice uh-huh. And that battery is a marvel. It lasts like 40 hours before I have to charge it. Meanwhile, my dual sense is like, oh, you played for five hours? I'm dead. Sorry. I think yeah, there has to be there has to be that balance between a... Uh, and I think rechargeable battery packs are probably the way to go. I like the fact that they've, you know, they've not taken away the, the fact you can hot swap things in it. And now I can't go back to playing things with a cable. Uh, my my Xbox is too far away from my couch. <laughs> I would have to sit on the floor, like unless they're going to provide me with a, like a really long cable to charge it. I'm not doing that. Like it'll just it'll just bring you back to like your childhood, probably just sitting on the floor in front of the TV playing games. Yeah, yeah, just like on the the Super Nintendo, just yeah, for sure, as close as humanly possible to the big CRT screen. <laughs> so, um. Their mid-gen goals are apparently to delight players, enable creators, and unlock ubiquity. Um, address customer feedback. They want increased storage for the Series S. They're obviously doing that. They're giving you a terabyte. Uh, rechargeable, removable controller battery. They're doing that. Uh, Xbox Design Lab 4 consoles as have apparently been something that people have been asking for. I don't think I've ever seen anybody actually ask for that. No. I think customization, yeah, in terms of what they're doing with the wraps and stuff. Obviously, it's a lot easier on the PS5. Because you can swap out the faceplate. Yeah, I don't know if anyone was asking for to buy a new five hundred pound console just because they wanted it in a different color. <laughs> no, um, I I was definitely someone who was like, oh, I want the elite controllers to be customizable. But like, I don't think I ever said like, give me a customizable co- like console. I don't think I need that. And now that they've said it, you want one? <laughs> kind of, yeah. I I I can't. I I don't I don't get the money. I can't do it. <laughs> Um, and then let's see anything else interesting on this one. Probably not. I would just be interested in, on the the controller side to see if they implement some of the features that they have with the headset. So I don't know the the Xbox headset. You can connect to two different devices at the same time. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't have one. I use a Steel Series Arctis something or another. Yeah, but the the fact that you can. I mean, not that I've ever done this. I've never connected to a work call on my Xbox headset and also played video games at the same time. Of course time. not. That would be ridiculous. That's definitely never happened. But the fact you could, 
Um, because I think the biggest thing with the controllers at the moment is once it's paired with your Xbox, in order to pair it with something else, you have to then go and, you know, move it over and unpair it and it won't switch other things on. So I think if they are trying to make it that universal, uh, it goes straight to clouds, you manage it via the app. That would be that would be really good, I think. Yeah, so like apparently I mean, it's obvious that some of their plans have changed because we are already in fiscal year 24 for Microsoft. And they were saying that the uh, new controller was supposed to come, was supposed to be announced in uh, Q4 and released. So they were saying we should have had the new controller come like the end of May. And obviously that didn't happen. And then supposedly in July of fiscal year 25... So next July is supposedly where we're going to get the Elwood and Brooklyn announcements at the same time, but then they're going to launch 60 days apart. Um, then they're going to do additional storage units announced slash available in fiscal year 25, the second half. So apparently they would then announce, hey, we're going to have one that has, you know, four terabytes in it instead of two. Yeah. I wonder if that's anything. Obviously, they've got the propriety Seagate drives. But they did say that that was only temporary and that other companies would be able to make them. So I do wonder. Yeah, I haven't seen no, it. <laughs> no, I, like to try and make it cheaper. But, you know, I just had to pay. Seagate's probably throwing money at them to yeah, keep that going. Like, no, no, we need just keep using this. We're, we're going to make it better. Um, but Because, I mean, I'd prefer I'd prefer a Western Digital like Black yeah. Drive more than anything. Yeah. I think I would just prefer something that didn't cost like the same prices as the Series S just to yeah, for sure. <laughs> increase the storage uh, just so I also have to delete games every time I try and install something new. <laughs> so uh, apparently they're going to do a last chance for the 512 gigabyte Series S on Black Friday for 200 bucks, And then uh, that's pretty much it. They're going to release Brooklyn come end of October because, you know, they want to give people, at least that was the deal of the end of October next year, supposedly to... Uh, Bring it out for Christmas and have it there for Black Friday because that's what everyone does. I wonder if any of the plans have changed specifically on the Series S now that they've also released the one terabyte version. I feel like I feel like a lot of things have probably changed from this because like even this, I'm looking at the pyramid slide now and it says what's been funded, what's not funded, and what is not in scope. Uh-huh. Not in scope, sadly, is the things that they're not going to do, and sadly, that is the uh, they were apparently going to do earbuds like Sony did. Yeah, change your mind on that. Probably a good thing. Media remote, didn't care about that, but the mobile controller they've apparently chosen not to fund and they're not funding the handheld and I really wanted that handheld. Yeah, no, same. I do love, I've got a Steam Deck and obviously a Switch um, and anything that will allow me to play games when I'm not in my house, I uh, love that. So yeah, I, I, I'm disappointed that they're not going to do a handheld, especially considering like earlier on in the document, they were talking again about handhelds. Yeah. So, Maybe they're they're going to allow someone to develop one for them. Well, again, this could have also changed by now because some of this stuff says not currently funded slash resource, meaning that Microsoft has they they've approved it to be made, but they didn't current at the time of this being made, they didn't fund it for them to actually do it. Yeah, and it was a new Elite controller, the Luxury controller, which is the one that they were talking, about, which is another controller, not even the Sable. It's apparently a different one. The console customization via Design Lab was not funded at the time. No. PC accessories, accessibility portfolio, new cloud server blades. You guys need that. That would cut down your wait times. 
um yeah repairability they've obviously talked about that recently they've said like oh we're gonna they started selling parts to repair your own controllers if you're into that i don't personally uh solder electronics so i'm not gonna do that but you know but um it's interesting i mean i'm the last two things i really want to touch on for this would be uh this is interesting, which uh, I just have the prices here, but this was this was from an article that was kind of giving some light onto how it goes when Xbox is trying to get third-party games onto Game Pass day one. Yeah. So when we get the surprise, it's on Game Pass. Like, that apparently cost them a lot of money. So uh, to get LEGO Star Wars, which they did end up getting, the these were estimates at the time, so we don't know that this is actually what they paid. But Lego Star Wars, they estimated they would have to spend $35 million to get that on Game Pass. Yeah, I think it really goes a lot towards the narrative that some people have that devs don't make money off Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, obviously they didn't make money, they wouldn't put their games on there. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. And now you can see just how some, how much money some of these games do make. Some of them, I'm like, they dodged a bullet on some of them, like not getting these on Game Pass. Like Dying Light Two would have cost them fifty million. Apparently, that was not a great game. I would not have cared. I would, I would have been pissed if I spent fifty million dollars to get that on Game Pass. Yeah, especially the state that it launched in. Like, but then uh, yeah. Red Dead Redemption Two, which was uh, it was on Game Pass. I don't think it is anymore, but it was. No, it has been a few. Oh, I think maybe Red Dead Redemption just the once, but I know Grand Theft Auto Five yeah. has been on and off. Yeah, because apparently uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 costs $5 million per month to have on Game Pass. Which is baffling. Because they won't just give it to them. They're like, well, you're paying us monthly for that. Yeah. It must really push, push up subscribers for the few months that it's on. Oh, it probably does, for sure. Um, Dragon Ball The Breakers, which was that weird, like, Dead by Daylight Dragon Ball game that came out. Um it would have cost them twenty million. Personally, I feel like if that game was on Game Pass, it might have actually survived. It might have had a decent community around it because, like, I wasn't willing to pay. I'm a Dragon Ball kid, and I'm like, I'm not paying forty bucks for that game. No, definitely not. Yeah, and I think things like Dead of Ideally it did so well on Game Pass. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like those kind of games do well on Game Pass, and I'm like, just, just do it. It would have been fine. The funny thing about this, though, I don't, obviously this is kind of uh, old information, but at the time they were estimating that Baldur's Gate three would have cost them five million. Yeah, I I saw I saw a tweet I think from someone at Larian because uh, I saw someone had posted that you know it was baffling that Xbox had undervalued it so much, and someone from Larian even themselves came out and said, honestly, no one was expecting this to be as big as it has been. Like, Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, whilst I love them, were not massive games. No, I I, I love them as well, but uh, I did see that CD Project Red tweet as well, and they, or Larian tweet, sorry. Um, And I did see them say, it comes with the genre, because they said Divinity Original Sin 2 was also heavily underappreciated, but it was a great game too. Baldur's Gate 3 is just way better. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a phenomenal game. I've got to, I play it on my, my Steam Deck. Um, but I don't think the amount of people I've seen playing it that I'm like you wouldn't tur- the people who, who hate turn-based games people who've never played Dungeons and Dragons in their life are like oh my god now I want to play Dungeons and Dragons and I'm like phone me we will set up a game <laughs> I am uh, somebody who I love turn-based strategy games I play them all the time um, mm-hmm. but I've never touched Dungeons and Dragons never played it yeah. never tried it don't have friends around me that that are into it. And I was like, okay, played Boulder's Game. I'm like, okay, this is really cool. Yeah. So now I have a podcast I'm listening to that is Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. 
yeah, we've set everyone off. Everyone's now just so into Dungeons and Dragons. Like, which I'm glad about as someone who plays Dungeons and Dragons. Like, um, then they said Gotham Knights, which I don't know if you played Gotham Knights. I did. It was fine. It wasn't great, but it was fine. Uh, they said 50 million. It's a it's a uh, licensed game. I can see why those would cost more, like cost a lot of money. Um, Assassin's Creed Mirage. They said that would cost them 100 million to get it day one. I don't see that happening. They would have announced it by now if it was. Uh, Suicide Squad, which is a game I don't think anybody is excited for, is would have cost them $250 million, they said. Don't spend that money, Phil Spencer. That is not going to be a good game. Do not do that. I, I think this has probably been revised after a lot of the gameplay for Suicide Squad potentially came out, and everyone... Well, not everyone, but you know, most people on Twitter were like, oh, this looks not what we wanted at all. Not and at all. I wonder how much this was in terms of because there is a lot of Warner Brothers games here, and then another part of the leak was that we were t- potentially thinking about buying some. Well, they uh, they were in talks to buy Warner Brothers, or um, yeah, Warner Brothers as a whole, yeah. and then they it kind of fell apart apparently. And I was like, damn, we could have had a world where Microsoft not only owned NetherRealm Studios, which would have been amazing, or they would have also technically owned the patent at that point for the Nemesis system from Shadows of Mordor. And that would have been like the biggest thing for me. Like I, I, I am so mad that Warner Brothers was like, let's patent that so no one else can ever use it. And I was like, you guys are assholes. <laughs> the worst. Everything Warner Brothers does, I'm just like, why are you, why are you like this? <laughs> well, that was like, like the Nemesis system was potentially one of the biggest leaps in like AI for gaming that we could have had that would have made games really fun. Yeah. And there are so many games I can think of that would benefit from a system like that. And Batman is one of them. I'm like, you guys are idiots. You guys own the... First off, they own the patent to it. I'm like, just make a Batman game okay. that uses the Nemesis system. What are you doing? Why are you making Gollum when, like, Batman... <laughs> like... Or, like, um, I even said, like, an Assassin's Creed game would be cool with something like the Nemesis system in it. Yeah, it'd be so much better. Obviously, they had the... Was it the Falakis and Assassin's Creed... Yeah, and they were kind of like that, but they they did they weren't as cool because they didn't remember anything you did to them. No, but be, yeah, like something like that would have been fantastic in that game. But no, there's ruining it for everyone again. <laughs> so the last three big ones on this list is G- Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which they said would have cost them three hundred million dollars. Which I understand it's Star Wars. Yeah, and you know Jedi Outcast was amazing. Jedi Survivor or Jedi um, Outcast? That's an old game. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Outcast. Jedi Fall Jedi Outcast is fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but uh, Jedi Fallen Order was great. Survivor was great. I think that would have been a win if they got that on Game Pass. That would have been great. Yeah, I'm surprised how much that was. Uh, well, is on this purely because they do have that partnership with EA. Uh, so I mean, I think it'll come to Game Pass eventually. It'll come to Game Pass when it comes to EA Play, which is typically a year after release. Um. One thing I wish that we could get with EA is on PC, they have their EA Play Pro that you pay more money for, but you get day and date games. I'm like, just give me that on Xbox. Same with Ubisoft. Like, give me Ubisoft Plus so I can day and date Ubisoft games on my Xbox. Like, I hate that I have to jump on my PC just to do yeah, that. I'd pay more money I'd up if we had like a, a Game Pass Ultimate Ultimate that was had EA Play Pro in it instead. Yeah, I I pay money for that. <laughs> yeah, because I already pay for Game Pass Ultimate, yeah. and I have EA Play, and I got it on PC and all that. But I'm like, like, okay, so I'm paying you like 16 bucks a month, 
bump it up to 20 and just give me day and date for them too and i'd be happy to do it because ea makes some good games and i could play you know the next mass effect and dragon age and all those games when they come out hey. um so i went back a bit in the slide order to go to the title release schedule which is what you wanted to talk about which is all these interesting games that got leaked hey. looking at this uh apparently back in fiscal year 2021 20, they were expecting starfield to be out that obviously didn't happen no um same with redfall that didn't happen at the time uh, looking at this, though, we have the Indiana Jones game that they planned on being out in fiscal year 22. So, I mean, this this is interesting to me because it shows how fu- how messed up COVID made the game industry. Yeah, it's everything pushed back at least two years, mostly year four, to be honest. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Indiana Jones, we still have no idea what that game even looks like, let alone when it's coming out. No. Oh. There was apparently an Oblivion remaster in the works. I'm kind of hoping that's still a thing because, like, I love Oblivion. Yeah, that that's one of the things when I saw this on the leak, I was just like, in fact, <laughs> I don't really care about anything else. Just give me that Oblivion remaster. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I do hope that that's still on the cards. I mean, looking at this, like, I'm not the biggest Bethesda guy, like, at all. I'll play Elder Scrolls. I'm, I enjoyed Starfield. I beat it, played a little bit of New Game Plus, and was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce. I have other stuff to do. But looking at this, like, like you said, Oblivion Remastered, absolutely something I care about. Um, I am looking at uh, Elder Scrolls Six is obviously one that they they were expecting it to be out this year, <laughs> and that's obviously not something that's happening. No, um, and then the big one for me on this list is Dishonored Three. I never thought we'd get another Dishonored game, and I'm like, is that still happening? Are you guys still working on that? Because I really want that. Yeah, I would love that. Outside of those. Project Platinum, I think, is interesting. Just because they called it Project Platinum, like, is that scale bound? Are you bringing it back? No, no. Yeah, I, I would be, I would be so shocked. But I feel like Twitter would implode. Like, <laughs> we all wanted, we all wanted that game to come out. I, I honestly was very upset when they canceled that game because I thought it looked, I thought it looked a lot of, like, a lot of fun. Yeah, it looked great. I, I do genuinely think that if the, if they did bring that back, then the the internet would would shut down for the day. I don't know if anybody would not be excited for that comeback. Like, um, I'm excited about a new Doom as well. Um, but obviously that's we've not heard anything about that at all. So yeah, it'd be strange to see, uh, to see that come out uh, anytime soon. But yeah, I think for me, um, I didn't really play Doom Eternal. I played the original. I just didn't really touch Doom Eternal at all, and. People, when I heard people talk about it, like nobody seemed to be that hot on it. So I was like, ah, I'll skip it. It's fine. Oh, I really enjoyed it. But I suppose there was, there was bits of it that there's a lot of weird difficulty spikes, I suppose. Uh, but then I played like loads of Souls likes and stuff. So I'm just a masochist for that sort of thing. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, more, more shooters um, are always good. All right, V. Well, uh, I think we'll wrap it up here, but uh, it's been wonderful having you on. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. It's just great to chat about games. Like, yeah, always a good time, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, is there anywhere you'd like people to find you online if you want to make new friends, uh, handles, anything like that? Uh, yeah, so if um, anyone wants to come follow me on Twitter, it's at Harabiel, which you might have to look for um, in the tags for it because it's quite difficult to spell. All right, uh, I'll actually put it in the show notes for you. Oh, great. So anyone can click that. They'll find you, they'll find me, and I will let you know when this goes live. Well, that'd be great, yeah. And uh, be happy to have you on again sometime. Yeah, yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, and, you know, potentially 
set up some sessions to play some Payday 3 since uh, Absolutely. it's now on Game Pass. <laughs> and Borders Game. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> There's like a plan. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming yeah, on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great.